Amen. Amen. Give God a round of applause. Listen, God is worthy of all our praises. God is worthy of every praise that we can ever give. He's worth more than that. So one more time, give God a round of applause. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to Happy Home Church. We're glad you're here. We look forward to what the service has to hold. But I have two quick announcements to go over. Um, they're very important. For tonight, we will not be actually meeting in here. Instead, at 6 o'clock, we will be over in the Family Life Center celebrating Jesus' birth through a Christmas play that our children are throwing for us. So please, at 6 o'clock, attend that. Show them your support. Be there. You'll enjoy it. It'll be a great time. The second announcement is right after church service, I, the youth pastor, will be having an important meeting with the parents for those whose children attend Happy Home Youth. It'll be around probably 1230, depending on when Walter ends his sermon. Um, but it'll be about 20, 30 minutes, but it's a very important meeting. So if you're a parent of a child who goes to the youth ministry, please attend that. It has to do with several different things, such as Accelerant and a few other stuff. So please be there if you, we, uh, it's very important for the information we'll be receiving. At this time, we'll have the ushers come forth for offering giving. And as they're uh, coming up, I just kind of want to reiterate the importance of giving. The Bible pictures giving not as a burden, but rather... Rather, it is not seen as a burden, but as an opportunity to participate in the character of our God. To be able to share in His divine image. God is a God who gives. God is a God who cheerfully gives abundantly. So it's not seen as an act of burden, or really an act of, I need to do it, but rather an act of worship. So as you give today, let it not be out of a heart of necessity, but let it be out of a heart of worship, an opportunity to participate in God's divine image. Walter, um, I want to go into prayer. Remember, what we're here for is to receive from God. It's to receive God's word in our lives and then take that word and apply it and live it out. But for that to happen, for there to be a transfer of God's word into our hearts and a transfer of life and transformation to occur, it takes the Holy Spirit to be here in this moment. So we want to pray. Please pray with me that the Holy Spirit would not just be on Walter and give him the words to speak to us, but also that the Holy Spirit would convict our hearts to lead to transformation and application of the message. So let's pray. God, we ask you, Holy Spirit, in this moment to be right now with us, to convict us of our sins, 
but to also convict us of truth. Because the purpose of convicting of sins is to direct us to the truth, the truth of a relationship with you, how to live in correct relationship with you and others. It isn't just to say, hey, don't do this, but do that. No, it is to say, I want to have a relationship with you. And so we come here right now, this moment, God, to have a relationship with you. And that requires a transformation in our lives, a transformation, a transaction in which we agree to live in those terms in that relationship. So we ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to change our hearts, to open our hearts, to be willing to receive the words that you're going to speak through Walter. And Lord, let us live them out. In Jesus' name, amen. As Pastor Walter's coming out, give him a round of applause, please. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, who's battling a cold today? Anyone? Oh, wow, you're healthy people. Praise God. Well, I saw one hand. How many is battling a cold? Just one? Two? All right, all right. Um, as Pastor Joshua was praying, uh, I just uh, felt prompted to ask you guys, um, how many have, since you've been sitting in here, standing in here, how many of you are already, hey, I've got this and this and this to do after service? How many will be honest with me and raise your hand? Yeah, I'd hold them up. I thought it would be more than that, but that's, uh, that's good. Uh, so what I want to do is kind of harness our thoughts for just a few minutes. Uh, so I'm going to ask that maybe we would take a deep breath and enjoy, because that's what we're here to do. We've gathered together, right, under the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. And it's easy for us to be distracted and not really enjoy the company Enjoy our time of fellowship. Really engage in lifting the name that is above every name. The name by which not every tongue will confess that every knee will bend that he is Lord. Lord of lords and, and king of kings. And I, I don't want us to just run, run through and, and check off the list that, hey, uh, December 8th, I went to church. And it, and we rush through. So I just want to maybe us to, for us to relax just a, a little bit. Uh, if we're not careful, the whole Christmas season can be that way. We can run through it. And uh, I was uh, in a text conversation. I guess that's the right way to word that. I was in a text conversation with someone recently, and that they were already looking beyond Christmas. When when the business of Christmas slows down, then I'll be able to. You know, and they were already making a list of what they were going to do after Christmas. So, um, Christ came. Amen? That's what we celebrate. And he's the Prince of Peace. And I just want to pray for us now, for us to really receive the peace from Jesus Christ. If you will bow your heads with me. Father, again, we boldly approach your throne. We thank you for the privilege that we can do that. Father, I ask that uh, in a, even in a supernatural way that you would uh, help us to slow 
um, ourselves down, slow us down, God, for us to embrace, for us to enjoy, for us to experience the peace that you sent to us through your Son. Father, there's so many gifts that you've given unto uh, your body. And Father, we just ask that we would uh, not bypass them, not to try to uh, sprint past them. But God, we ask that you would just uh, somehow or another, Father, you, uh, you understand my heart, you understand what I'm trying to convey to you. Just I ask that we would enjoy your, your spirit in this, uh, in this season. That we would capture uh, all that you desire for us to capture or the things that we need to glean from you. And Father, we ask that we wouldn't have necessarily our own agenda. And we won't, don't have room or time um, to, to embrace you, to commune with you, uh, and to express our, our need of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, Guys, thank you uh, for being here uh, this morning. Uh, just so much uh, on my mind, um, and, and I'm one to, to kind of list things together. Of, uh, I certainly have already thought um, I was in the, I didn't raise my hand, but I was one of those who were uh, should have raised my hand earlier on my question. But here recently, I've been thinking about the sights and the sounds and the songs and the symbols of Christmas, kind of the S's of Christmas, if you will. And in 17 short days, you, you got your shopping done, Anthony? You, 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 hey, well, he, he said, yeah, I got uh, 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 God bless you, young man. God bless you. Um, but in 17 short days, I will, um, I will approach or I will come upon my 56th Christmas. And um, I was just thinking over time how one's perspective uh, can change. Certainly they do as uh, you get a couple birthdays and as some of us guys, our hair gets a little bit thinner um, and a couple more wrinkles than, than we once had, our perspective certainly changes. And I just made a, a few uh, things here of things that would just fire off in my mind. I read the long wish list of, of presents. I remember we used to have a long time ago, it was Sears and Roebuck. And they had this wish book, and you would go through. It was a, a really a thick one, and, but then at Christmas time they would have a thinner one. It was, I think it was called the wish book. And you'd go and you you know circle. It wasn't really highlighters, um, you know, too much then. But you would circle with a pen or whatever. But a long wish list of presents. And uh, these are not in, in any particular order, but the anticipation of receiving just what I want for Christmas trying to find the grandest of gifts. And I wrote topped or layered with the stress to perform that task. Trying to find the real Santa, if you know what I mean. It's gotta, it can't be a fake beard. Parades, Black Friday shopping, and, and now Cyber Monday shopping. Maybe praying for the, the white day that the 25th will be just, just perfect and just right. Some would be praying to be home for Christmas. Finding the right radio station with the right songs uh, to play. And then I added on, well, really in today's society, is having the right holiday playlist on, on our devices. 
And now for me, maybe it's uh, maybe a different task for me is finding or sharing a Christmas sermon that has some newfound facet or revelation to, uh, to convey uh, to the people. Maybe finding the perfect Christmas outfit, if you will, uh, the perfect background for the per perfect picture, um, the perfect tree, the this, the that, the right uh, decorations. And I just wrote, no, 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 it's this time, it must be all about Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, it won't be. It's Christmas time. 17 days out, and I'm going to ask you, each one of you, as I, as I look around, are you or have you been focused on him? The old, I don't know when it probably came out 20 years ago, he's the reason for the season, right? Have you truly been focused on him or some of these other things that I've just listed? God sent his son. It was Christ's, or God is the founder of Christmas anyhow, right? And I wonder, what does God want for Christmas? Now, I know all of y'all have considered what you're going to give me for Christmas. But really, have you considered, really, what, what does God want for Christmas? What does God desire? Last week, we spoke about... Um, being a small part of the eternal plan, we spoke about the shepherds. And then I spoke about the different ones that I believe that God is, is pulling on them and tugging on them, whether it's to uh, take classes to, to prepare for days ahead or, or someone to, to step into a, maybe a teaching role or a volunteer role here at church or, or some other type of ministry. But I wanted to read, if I can, I want to read the same scripture that I read, uh, the same text that I read last week. It's Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. So I'm going to deal with just one of the S's of Christmas as, I, as I've been pondering through um, um, the sermon and, and what to share for this morning. Luke 2, verse 8. Swipe and turn. I hear the pages turning. Luke 2, verse, beginning with verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch of their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrible. <laughs> Technology is, a, is an amazing thing. I was uh, I was reading out of my um, out of my printed Bible here, and this is no lie. This, the ones who use tablets and stuff, I just took my thumb and tried to uh, push up uh, the page. So some will laugh at that, and uh, I'm shaking my head at myself. So let me. Uh, I'm gonna begin with a verse. Uh, take off again from verse nine. God help me. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord stood around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, hallelujah, who is Christ the Lord. 
And there will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. I'm going to stop there for just a moment. On Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning of this week, someone texted me about this, uh, this scripture uh, you know, from last week's sermon, and this is what they wrote. Yes, it is true that the night, the, this was from a devotional, yes, it is true that the night the angels began a song that will never end. A Savior is born. Glory to God in the highest. And may we rejoice, uh, continue to rejoice with them. Verse 15. When the angels had gone away with them to heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as they lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. In concluding verse 20, the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. Speaking about the essence of Christmas uh, to the, today, I'm just going to focus on the word sign. So I want to reread Luke chapter 2, verse 12, and then I'm going to read uh, a verse that was prophesied hundreds of years before that uh, out of Isaiah. Luke chapter 12, verse, excuse me, Luke chapter 2, verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the babe or the child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. Out of Isaiah chapter 7, again prophesied hundreds of years before this, the birth of the Christ, the birth of the Messiah, the anticipation of, of Isaiah as he wrote this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. A few years ago, I didn't uh, take time to, to look it up, but a few years ago, a guy by the name was another comedian, plus a, a guy by the name of Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy, made popular the, the saying, here's your sign. Y'all remember that? Um, he made that quite popular. It was kind of heavily coated with some sarcasm and, um, you know, kind of, you, hey, you've missed the obvious thing. You know, here's your sign. And... Um, Certainly, I think as we read this, there's many people um, during this time period historically that, that missed the sign that uh, God was bringing to them. Um, there's a, an author or a, a psalmist, his name was Philip Brooks, and he wrote, How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. Now, certainly, God presented, he announced his son to some in a, in a, a way, on a miraculous way, but, but many, many missed it. His own people missed it. You know, John, in, in chapter, um, the Apostle 
excuse me, the Apostle John wrote in uh, the first chapter of John, this is the way uh, he wrote it. He was in the world, meaning Christ was in the world, and although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him, or some translations say that did not know him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. His own. What does that even mean? His own people? His own world? God had sent Christ here? His own nation? And they, they just missed this, the sign. And certainly we could say to them, you know, maybe, well, here's your sign, um, house of Judah, or um, the, to the country of Israel. But if I, if I go back for, for all, each one of us, this time of the year is all about Jesus. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll be able to say the same things about ourselves. Focusing on, on so many things. But the world recognizes, at least in the United States, on the 25th of December, it's about this Christ. It's about the birth of a Messiah. A Christmas tree, and we've got one here. All the presents you cannot feel, should not feel, should not try to replace what this date and this celebration is about. It's about Emmanuel, God with us. May we not miss the sign. And again, Luke chapter 2, this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. Often we, we read about the, the word sign. Um, Christ uh, spoke often negatively about as people search for a sign. And then I want to read a conversation that's out of John chapter 6. And I'm going to begin with verse 30, but it jumps around a bit. Uh, but it, it really speaks about, ties in with uh, Christ lying in a manger, and it also ties in with people as they search for a sign. May we, may we not miss the sign ourselves of who this Christ is and who he desires to be in us. But this is a conversation as uh, Apostle John has written. Um, John chapter 6, verse 30. And I'll begin. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. And as it is written, he gave them the bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses that gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Glory to God. For the bread of God is that which is, comes down from heaven and gives the life of the world. And then they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, <laughs> I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Coming down a few verses to 48. And again he says, I am the bread of life. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. So that one may eat of it 
and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. In this scripture, the, the bread of life uh, actually stands for um, a phrase in the Old Testament, the bread of the presence. And Christ is saying in, in June, when he, in, in June, in, in John, when, when he says, I am the bread of life, he's basically saying, I am the fulfillment of the bread of presence. Now, Christ here, obviously, uh, he's our high priest. He's saying here that he's the, the bread of life. He's a better high priest than was uh, available in, in the Old Testament. And again, I can say that he's better than any bread that was, was used in in the, in the type of worship. But this is available for anyone. Priest or not. Saint or not. This bread is available. And the call is to come and dine. Come and dine only in eternal sustenance. And to receive this life. This bread. That can never be taken away. Hallelujah. There's an old, um, there's an old English proverb. Which says. The bread is the staff of life. And this word staff, it would it kind of go with a, like a shepherd's staff, if you will. This all refers to, no better way to phrase it than this is Christ. This is his flesh. This is his life. It is given to the sin, for the sins of the world. And this staff, the shepherd's staff, upholds this. And this begins to speak uh, to or presents itself in the light of eternal salvation. And we are to feed. We are to feed on Him this, this bread of life. We're to feed on Him daily. That we would use Him to sustain us and to fulfill us and to preserve us. But I'm telling you, I want to go back again. If we're not careful, we'll run through not just Christmas time in December trying to get all the boxes checked to make sure we go to this and that. I've got this party. I've got to go buy this, uh, this special present. I've got to find this. If we're not careful, we'll miss. We're running, we're running past. We, we won't go, go and get the bread that we really need to feed on. We'll, we'll be feeding on business and the, the, uh, the tyranny of urgency. And, and we'll, just, we'll just miss. You know, we're, we're living life. But is that, is that eternal? The, the way that we're, it's possible to run past everything. So I asked you, have you, have we received this bread? Have you partaken of this bread of life? Only one who can satisfy this, this hunger that is within us. Maybe it's birthdays. But I've come to realize that Jesus Christ didn't, uh, didn't come to this postcard perfect um, way that we try to present it. Christmas is, it was far from that. But the cards that we give, you know, we all do this. These perfect sceneries that we have of the major scene, the... I would say contented or calm animals, the surroundings where you can almost smell, you know, you can almost smell the fresh hay, if you know what I'm saying. And I promise you, Christ, it wasn't that way. 
It was a finely constructed um, barn. It was a chiseled out hole in the side of a mountain. It probably smelled from all the dung. And yet, I'm sure Mary and Joseph, they did, and maybe there was a midwife there, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they did all they could to clean up that manger that we talk about. To, to help, you know, make it as clean as possible. But let, let's, not, let's not make it too sterile, because it certainly was not. But this is what I wrote down for all the, the offensive smells that were there, the animals that were there. It's probably, you know, um, a caretaker there, the one that would supply for the animals that would to come. Maybe some the one that would bring the hay in or whatever. Whatever it looked like, it's not it's not a Norman Rockwell painting. I, mean, I hope you grab that. But this is what I put. But it was the world in which God chose to send His grace. It was the world that God chose to send His Son, Jesus. Jesus came into an ugly place. It was a place of sin. It was a place of chaos. It was a place of, of needy people. It was a place where, however, God sent His grace to fix the sin problem. The grace that God appeared that he would supply the needs that I have and that he would supply the needs that, that you have. That's why we celebrate Christmas year after year. We need to hear the story because of the chaos and the darkness is so real to, to many of us. Um, but this is a story that we, we begin to read. This is a story that we need to hear. It's a story of hope. It's a story of transformation. It's a story of that Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He is, or maybe I, I, I should write, He should be our sustenance, our daily sustenance. And again, out of Luke chapter 2, verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. In the book titled The Journey, Adam Hamilton wrote about the manger, it says that the angel is quite more than a symbol of humility, but it's a place where God's creatures came to feed. Jesus is the bread of life. He was laid to sleep the first night in a trough where God's creatures came to and ate. And Jesus invites all who hunger to come to this manger. No, it's not in Bethlehem, even though it's a place that's symbolic and they believe it's, um, it's a church that has been built over that now. But the trough is still available for those who will come and partake of this bread of life. We hunger for deep things of God. We're needy people. But I think sometimes we forget to go to where we can truly be fed. The Christmas tree, the presents, the hustle, the bustle. 
These things won't satisfy us, nor are they eternal. This is what I wrote. We hunger for love and for forgiveness and for freedom of the stranglehold of sin. Maybe it's this hope in a world that has, has been lackluster to us. But in this crib, in this manger, it holds the bread of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the angels were invited, or the, the angels invited the shepherds that night that we read. But today, we're invited as well to come to satisfy the longing desires that are in our heart. There's a, there's a phrase called, it's a Latin phrase, it's called quorum dieo. And this phrase literally means to be dwelling or to have place before the face of God. And to live in the, the presence of God is to understand that whatever we're doing, a baby changes everything. See, it wasn't, there's no need to carry her out for my account. But you see, that night it wasn't so quiet. That night, the shepherds went, and they probably heard baby Jesus cry just like that. But his people, his nation as a whole, missed the entry of the Messiah. Now 2,000 years later, 2,000 years later, I don't want us to miss the reason. Because if we're not careful, we can do that. What's God want for Christmas? I was making a comment about Corm Dieo, and it speaks about us dwelling in the presence of God and being, for us to be cognitive that no matter where we are, there's no, no place that we can hide from this sovereign God. Whether we understand that or not, I was thinking about um, Saul and the, the walk um, that he had. He was going, he, he, his travels were carried to a different place because he had an encounter with God. He didn't, he didn't really believe in the God, but he had a one-on-one a, a -on -one encounter and what happened? He had to yield. Even though he didn't know who, who this God was, he had to yield to him. This sovereign God he says, who, who is it, Lord? So he's already acknowledging this, this sovereign Lord. It's Christmas time. And I just ask, do you really know him as Lord? I mean, it's, it's real, we can do it real quick. Oh yeah, I'm good. But the, the prophecy or the, the prophetic word that I just read of Christ being laid in a manger, tying it with the bread of life, is Jesus Christ truly your bread? This is what I wrote. It's Christmas time, do you know him? He's the Messiah of Israel, do you know him? He's the Savior of the world. 
Do you know him? It's Christmas time. He came for you. Do you know him? We're going to serve communion in, in just a, a moment. I wanted to, um, I waited until uh, this time to, to read something uh, else to you. This all ties together. Because he's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. This is what we celebrate. So this is the second Sunday of December. Some would call it Advent. The anticipation of the Christ coming. And I'm in anticipation of the Christ coming to you, to us, in an unusual and a special and a powerful way that we haven't experienced before. Last Sunday we lit a candle. It was a candle of the prophecy candle. The second Sunday of Advent is actually a time of repentance. And what I'm decided to read was out of Matthew chapter 3. And it reads like this. It's speaking of John the Baptist. It says, Now in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet saying when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I believe as Isaiah was writing, as he was prophesying, that he was dreaming about or trying to see what this was going to be like, looking into the future. As I like this can, I want, I want us to consider what are you preparing for for your future, your eternal future? Let's pull the throttle of life back for just a moment of time. This is to repent. So I want us, as I light this candle, as, as I, I'm going to close in prayer right after I light this candle, I want us, if you're here today, if you're not truly repentant on relying on Jesus Christ, as your true bread, the bread of your life. I want us to spend a time, some moments in asking for forgiveness, a time of repentance. Please pray with me. Father, we, um, we're most thankful for this Sunday. Father, we're most thankful for the days that you give us the message of love, the peace, the joy, the forgiveness of sin words that we read such as your son is the, the bread of life 
that your son is the light of the world. Father, forgive us if we miss the signs, if we miss the scriptures, if we miss what you're trying to speak to us. God, we're, I believe we're all guilty of trying to move too fast or maybe to rush down our own agenda instead of pausing and contemplating what what do you really want from me? What do you desire from me, from my life, from my family, from my day-to-day worship or my time with you? God, forgive us. May we consider what you desire. So, Father, as as the one holding the mic, as one as a leader of this church, God, I uh, approach you humbly yet boldly, God. I, I just ask that you'd forgive me for not recognizing you as all I. Maybe not putting you in the, the right position. Father, we know that you give eternal life through your Son, Jesus. You give us that grace through Christ alone. Father, we know that you are eternal. We know that we have an, an, uh, eternity inside of each one of us. So God, we... Uh, I just ask that you forgive me of my short-sightedness of who you are and what you desire, your work through me, and I would say through us, in Jesus' name. Sometimes I'm captured, uh, scratching my head at some of the people that's in this book that I read about in the New Testament, and how, you know, we we refer to that Jeff Foxworthy sign, or you know, saying, "Here's your sign." But then I quickly catch my own self, realizing how often I miss it, and how often. I try to play my own tune instead of singing a song unto him. And uh, we, we need him. May we confess that, that we need him. Um, I'm going to ask the guys, uh, um, thank you guys for coming. I'm going to ask that if you go ahead and, and serve us. Um, and then at least two of you come back with the bread and the, the juice. But I'll ask that if you would go ahead and, and serve us. We have, we have open communion, um, which, um, which means you don't have to be a member of our church, but make sure that you're, um, um, your name is written down in Lamb's Book of Life. Open communion.
Please serve the ones that's up in the um, sale room. Please wait um, before partaking of the elements. Please uh, wait to receive them together. Help me be 
Enjoy the moment. tell the whole story but it's a whole story it's much more than a little baby wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger 
but it's a prophetic word of his desire to provide us with just this. Prophetically speaking to his crucifixion and his death and his resurrection, but also speaking to us that this, this, blood, this wine, his blood, represents the new covenant that we have that's available to us. His broken body available to us of our, of our healing in, in every aspect of our life. And may we capture and seize upon it. So I'm going to lay this mic down so I can uh, partake with you uh, together. But may we uh, lift up this, uh, this piece of bread, symbolic of the broken body of Christ together. Oh, not divine, because without a birth, we can't celebrate with this, right? Without the birth. So Father, we, we thank you for this time of the year. We thank you for the Advent, uh, the second Advent, as we uh, remember that we need to ask for forgiveness as we approach you to prepare us, to prepare us for the second coming of Christ. So God, we, we partake together this uh, piece of bread representing the broken body, representing the, the healed virtues through your son Jesus. We all partake now. Praise His name forever. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You for this juice, this wine that we partake. Representing that there's power. In the name of Jesus, there's power in the blood. Father, we celebrate not just the birth of Your Son, but the death and the resurrection, and the power of that name, the only name by which mankind may be saved. And Father, we, in a celebratory way, we partake this morning of the juice. Can, can we give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Thank you guys. Thank you all so much. Thank you all for helping me this morning. Thank you. Um, I made a comment earlier. Uh, let me say this. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, please come back tonight at 6 o'clock. Be on time. 6 o'clock sharp. Um, just a few minutes, moments ago, I think it was Rylan that was crying out. And I said, a baby changes everything. So uh, I want to uh, give recognition of... Um, I think we have a new one here, uh, Libby Craddock. So can we make a welcome uh, for the first time, mom and, and newborn. Uh, we celebrate, um, we got what, three little ones with us this morning. I don't know. Uh, so praise God for life, right? Um, and we got Gwyneth back there, and uh, we probably Levi's running around, but praise God for the little ones. Amen? Right? And for this, I can get down to this. Uh, so praise God. Thank you guys for being here um, next Sunday the 15th. Um, um, got a, I'm going to share, on, I believe, on the um, another S of Christmas. But thank you guys. Y'all can uh, interact. Um, God bless you guys. 6 o'clock tonight. Thanks.